everybody. Keith and Robert race to the kingdom, prepping for Christmas just a few days from now. And mm-hmm. um, we are in the throes of the great I am. So our last episode, if you missed it, uh, please go listen to it because this builds on that as a continuation. And we may say some things that just don't make a whole lot of sense to you. I mean, we, we have a tendency to make some stuff that maybe may not make a whole lot of sense to people sometimes anyway. But uh, but I think we're pretty grounded. <laughs> so, Keith, uh, so last time we talked about, Keith, um, the great I am, which is, you know, I mean, starts off biblically. I mean, in the Bible, you know, in Moses, you know, who do I tell the people you are? And, and God responds, I am who I am, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. uh, and we talked about, yeah. um, you know, the, what an open ended. Right? Yeah, it's but, but that's what we're explaining uh, to to you guys is what an open ended statement that is to know God uh, as everything. Yeah, and it's like it's like tell them that I am all in all tell them that i am i am everything and so the whole point that we're going through all these i am statements in the scriptures is to show that that god's revealed himself to humanity in so many ways so that we can know him you know we said that that we said in the last episode, okay. right, that uh, the Cliff Notes version of this is, I am everything to you, and you are everything to me, right? Yeah, and and I am inviting you, okay? I mean, I'm inviting you. I don't, I don't know if we're everything to God. Um, you know, God was complete without us mm. when, sure. when, before he created us, but he did create us as an object of his affection. And he obviously created us in his image. He's telling a story that we've talked about. We, you know, the story before the story mm-hmm. um, that we have um, alluded to was the fall of the angelic host. And now God is telling a story through man to the angels and so he creates man and places him on the earth. And now the angels long to look into what God is doing on the earth, the Bible says. So they're, they're enraptured in the story of who the great I am is and what he is teaching them, what he is doing, what he is telling them. And it's no different for them uh, as it is for us. Um, and so we, we kind of showed that in our first episode, we showed what is the invitation and the invitation was to know God and the word gnosko and the word, um, I do. They're both Greek words that mean, uh, to know, and they're very intimate. They're very involved. They're very experiential. Um, and so over and over again throughout the Bible, God revealed himself um, to mankind and they ended up building an altar and all these altars were named something different because of the way God revealed himself. 
And it just shows you how the great I am takes on every role, takes on every title, and is making himself known to the world and to the universe and, <laughs> and beyond. So, so again, we ended up showing you that, you know, the, the, the great I am revealed himself as a, as a baby born king. And so look at, look at Robert's backdrop right now. We've got Christmas coming up. We've got this baby being born. Um, really interesting to note that the main theme about this baby being born was that he was going to sit on the throne of David. So he was going to fulfill the story of the prophecy of a king coming. And so, you know, he did it in a very mysterious way, um, which, by the way, Robert, what does that say about the great I am? Yeah. You know, he, uh, I think it, great. I am loves a story. Yeah. He loves a tale. He um, communicates through, through these stories. And John Eldridge does a great job in his, in his books. Robert and I were just reading a few excerpts from the book Epic, which kind of, you know, pulls you back away from your own little, you know, small story that you're living and makes you see the larger story that you're a part of. It does a great job in doing that. Oh, I love it. And, uh, and it's, it's very much like, you know, you go to an amusement park, you go to a mall, and you, you enter and you see this map. And on this map, you see a little red star. And that red star says, you are here, right? And so in the midst of, of it showing you the larger map of, you know, wherever you are, and it's trying to reorient you into, it, into letting you know, you know, where you belong yeah. in the story. It's Disneyland, now, it's like, all right, right. it's Adventureland or, you know, Futureland yeah. or, you know, all the, the different lands. Um, as many times as I've been to Disney with my own family, I, I should know all these lands, but. You know, there, there's a different story in each of those lands, right? I mean, that was, and so you're like, all right, are we going mm -hmm. to the future land? Are we going to adventure land? Are we going to, you know, yeah. um, we always stayed away from wherever the, um, what's that one with the, uh, that's really repetitive, the the small world. We always stayed away from small world land. Couldn't stand it's small, a small world. Oh, God. <laughs> now I've got it in my head. I'm that doomed. Going over and over again. Now all you listeners yeah. have it in your head too. It's our fault. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's my fault. Um, uh, anyway. All right. Yeah, so, so let's dig into this. Um, and what he is with, I am judge. I am the judge. Uh, yeah. So we, we, we go from, yeah, I'm, I'm king. I need a queen. We go from, I'm bridegroom. I'm looking for a bride. I go to, I am judge. I need judges. So again, the invitation, when God reveals himself, he's actually inviting you into a role of knowing him and being used by him. 
And that's what a servant ultimately is. So a servant can put on lots of different hats uh, that God wants a servant to put on. Um, in fact, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are, are many. And you can, you know, you can cultivate those gifts in your life at different times, how God wants to reveal himself through us. And so, you know, as a side note, that that is uh, a huge part of the church. So I am judge. We have a, a, a verse out of Luke. Robert, you want to read that? Yeah. You are those who have stayed with me in my trials and I assign to you as my father assigned to me a kingdom that you may eat and drink at my table and in my at my table in my kingdom and sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And that's Luke yeah. 22, 28 through 30 for those who aren't watching. So make, yeah, make no mistake that that you know our our ministry called race to the kingdom. Look at this look at this passage. Again, it's a kingdom. Jesus spoke about his kingdom 95% of the time. This was his message. The gospel was the gospel of the kingdom. And so this offer to be a part of his kingdom, this offer to, to be a judge in his kingdom was the offer that he was putting on the table. And so <clears throat> we have a warning that also goes with all of his, <clears throat> excuse me, all of his invitations come with a warning. This is so important because we, we have very little understanding of most of God's warnings in the Bible, which is what we came on board for, yeah. really, to dispel a lot of the uh, false teaching that went with these warnings that um, we believe were taken completely out of context. But to put them into context is to put them into their proper context about God. So if God is judge and he's inviting you to, to also be a judge with him in his kingdom, okay, um, in fact, we have another good article about, um, you know, how everybody says, why are you judging me? <laughs> um, and all the passages that go with that. And, and hopefully we've done a good job in, in showing you the differences between offering God's judgments and not your own that that's the difference in the warnings in being a good judge. Always offer God's judgments. Never offer your own. And so um, when it comes to the warnings here, it's John 5, 22 through, through really 29. Um, For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. 
Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, and those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. So the the idea of being judged by God is all over the Bible to his family, to those who are following Jesus and how God judges his people is a huge, important understanding in scripture. You know, how, you know, how we're supposed to honor God as we follow him, how we're supposed to honor our father, just like on earth, I'm supposed to honor my parents you know, honor your father and mother. Okay. Why, why would he say that if it didn't reflect his own nature? So we're supposed to honor our father and mother, the way in which we honor God. Yeah. And so everything's an association to how we're supposed to respond to the great I am, of course. And so in this, we have him as judge and he is showing us how he will judge and telling us that that everything that we've done in our life will come under the scrutiny which is what judgment really means so the word for judgment krisis in in the greek is means to scrutinize and um, and so we have another one in Second Corinthians five ten. You want to read that? Yeah. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Yeah. And then is the other um, there, there was another one that came to mind, another reference, and that I don't know if it's if it's in one of the Corinthians books, but I know Paul talks about um, ends one of his you know. Um, up with you know do you not know we are to judge angels oh uh, you not yeah that's uh first corinthians chapter six yeah and yeah. you know so not only are we you know not only were we set up we were actually set up above the angels you know as a and to you know we are eventually to judge those but which means we're you know with all of this right this this judgment stuff is really that we are called to a supremely higher level than what we are currently uh acting or living in right or acting out um and that's what this 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 warning of judgment but also the call to judgment really is is we're, we're you guys are supposed to be much better than this um so there it is you want to you want to read that yeah yeah there you go i'll just start with uh first Corinthians 6 1 dare any of you having a matter against another go before go to the law before the unrighteous and not before the saints do you not do you not know that the saints will judge the world and if the world will be judged by you are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters do you not know that we will judge angels how much more things that pertain to this life so they're talking about you know basically the the First Corinthians was, you know, the church in Corinth was a mess. And, uh, you know, yeah. and so they were, why are you taking judgment of hey. internal matters to, ex, you know, to, to non-Christian uh, folks? You have yeah. the ability, you have the, you know, 
we're going to judge angels. You can't judge, you can't, you know, mediate your own, your own issues. How are you going to mediate right. issues between angels? And notice, you know, that that goes really nicely with what we first started with, that this was a story to the angels. Mm-hmm. So how God is going to use the least of these, okay, is incredible story. Because, again, Jesus came, gave up his life. That's Philippians chapter 2. You know, have the same mindset of as that of Christ, who... Uh, made himself lower than the angels, uh, and that's Hebrews chapter two. So you 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 get this idea that that Christ himself humbled himself, made himself the lowest, so that God would exalt him to the highest. So again, who's he inviting into a relationship with himself in order to? Uh, operate his kingdom with him. Well, he's actually inviting the lowest. So, so we as humans were made even lower than the angels, and he's inviting the lowest of all God's creatures to be the highest <laughs> with Jesus. Yeah. yeah, and and yeah, it's it's all in the story. It's all in the larger story. And so it's an incredible, incredible story. Um, and that's what we're trying to um, to communicate here. And so I'm just going to reiterate this, and Robert and I will reiterate this uh, throughout the article. But it, it, it kind of goes like this. When, when we meet God and we come under his scrutiny, about how we lived our lives. Um, And he's going to tell us how well he knew us and how well we knew him, right? And that's going to determine then where we get placed within his kingdom. And this becomes so huge, so important. Um, And it's, it it goes something like this. Um, You know what? If you never spent time with me uh, on the earth, you never carved out time to talk to me, you didn't show me your affection, um, you know, am I going to choose you as a bride when when I set up my kingdom? Okay. You never... In high school, you you, you would never even admit I existed in high school. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And, and, and again, we have this on the judges. So did you not follow my judgments when you were, you know, when you were living? Did you not teach my judgments? Did you not even want to know my judgments? Okay. Well, you ain't going to be a judge in my kingdom. Mm-hmm. See, it's, it's the same application. It, it, it's if you want to be hired by God, okay, if you want your resume, Okay, to show God that you deserve a position in his kingdom, then you better be doing it. Okay. And and that's the message of the kingdom. That's the message of the race to the kingdom for the kingdom, for the inheritance of the kingdom. So we're we're gonna continue 
revealing that to you as we go through the great I am. And the next one is I'm high priest. I need priests. I mean, back in, in Moses's day, um, how, how intricate were the priests in their duties and their privileges and the way that they were used in the temple, which was God's presence. Um, it was, it was the, one of the highest glorified positions you could get. Um, so when it says I need priests, we'll read first Peter two, nine. You got that Robert? I do. Um, but you are chosen, sorry, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim his excellencies, the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Yeah. Revelation 1, 5, and 6, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Um, the idea was that in Christ, we have been made priests. Now, we know Hebrews is all about the high priest, right? So uh, from the order of Melchizedek, Christ, the mysterious priest that is both king and priest and high priest, that high priest had the um, greatest privilege of going into the Holy of Holies and sprinkling the blood. Uh, nobody could go behind the curtain right. unless they were counted worthy. Right. And, right. you know, we talked about this and I know we talked about this. This is one of my favorite sort of pictures, I guess, mental pictures of this whole mm -hmm. thing. And we talked about it in the garment theology uh, episode mm -hmm. where, right. you know, where, you know, we have priestly robes. We've been granted priestly robes or given priestly robes. Uh, you know, as Christians and our job is to, you know, between now and, and the time we go home is to clean those robes and get those robes ready for being able to go into, you know, behind the curtain, mm -hmm. if you will, behind the veil. Right. Um, That's right. Yep. And I suspect that your warning, and I haven't read this yet, has something to do with the fact that that, that priest that went behind the, the, the veil behind, you know, had the special robes and stuff also had a rope tied around his ankle right truly yeah that's right <laughs> so yeah there's a there's a warning yeah, to this it, whole priestly thing right <laughs> yeah it it was a uh it was a rope just in case he dropped dead in the presence of god they could drag him out okay. and uh uh you know again it it is a understanding of the holiness of God and how to be in his presence, we need to be holy. Be holy as I am holy. Um, and so the idea of remaining in Christ and, and again, being empowered by the Holy Spirit, walking with God and living that life that pleases him is the process of sanctification. And it is the process that he is holding us accountable for living. And that will determine 
you know, how well, how well we did in that process will determine a lot of these positions. So this particular warning comes from Revelation 3, 3 through 5. And um, it says, remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. So remember, this is speaking to the church. This is Jesus's evaluation to the seven churches that were in Asia Minor. These are true church people. Church means called out. It means ecclesia, the called out ones, called out of the kingdom of darkness and into his kingdom of light, called out of a citizen of that kingdom into a new citizen of the new kingdom. And so this is who he is speaking to, his kingdom people. Um, yet you have a, still a few names in Sardis, in this church, people who have not soiled their garments and they will walk with me in white for they are what? Worthy. worthy. See, again, we have the word worthy. We, we also have an article on the word worthy in the Bible. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments. And I will never blot his name out of the book of life, which shows you that you can be blotted out of the book of life. For some you know, reason, Satan has twisted the mind of man and, and has turned that into a statement that a lot of preachers have used to, to say you can be cast into hell. Mm-hmm. Okay. And again, that's not what it says. And so to understand what life is, what the book of life, well, then you got to go to all the passages about life and about the offer of life. And in particularly, this particular call to life is in the millennial kingdom and the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And we're showing this in the context of the garments and the priestly garments and the white garments that the priests would put on. And so in context, this is talking about the priestly garments and the privilege that you had to be counted worthy to be a priest. It's very, it's just as simple as that. Mm -hmm. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. So that, that was, is basically um, the idea behind the priests. I have a couple more uh, verses here. Um, Hebrews and Romans. Why don't you just quickly read those, okay. Robert? Hebrews thirteen fifteen. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And then Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You see, so so these were priestly services. Every priest had to offer sacrifices. What is ours? A sacrifice of praise. Okay, so that's that is showing how we participate right now today mm-hmm. as a priest. Okay, and giving thanks with our lips. Okay, and. 
and then um, presenting ourselves. Okay, so presenting yourselves as what? What did the priest always have to present before? A sacrifice. In this case, it's a sacrifice. Uh, in, in, that right. case, in this case, that sacrifice really is us. And I think we miss that a lot. Oh, right. Man, we. Yep. <laughs> and do. I think even then, we... I think even in teaching and stuff, you know, just when I, whether it's listening to a podcast or, or, or whatever, I mean, we just miss that fact that, that, that this whole, this whole ball game, this whole, you know, process, this whole, um, you know, process of sanctification and glorification. It's, it's this internal sacrifice of us. All he wants is us. It's all, you know, yeah. it's not, yeah. it's not beads. It's not, I, well, I want you, you know, I mean, you may, you may be called to go build houses and Haiti or something like that, but what you're really called for is, is just you. Right. Well, you're called, yeah, you're called to, you see, you are my workmanship created by me for good works that I prepared for you to do. So, again, this understanding of good works, we've done a, a podcast on that and we've we've got an article on that. And so that that good works is an extension of our love for God. How well do you want to know him as the great I am will show you how your life is reflecting the good works that he's given you to do. So are you doing the good works of a wise virgin? Are you doing the good works of a good and faithful servant? Are you doing the good works of a righteous sheep? We've, we've, we've made that point in Jesus's parables, mm -hmm. you can't separate, you cannot separate who you are and what you do. You can never separate that. In both word and deed, God says, okay, this is so crucial. You would never separate who you are and what you do, ever, okay? You can't. Say you're a good person while you're shooting everybody. Okay. You, this is, in other words, you're a hypocrite. Right. You're not who you say you are. You're a false person. Yeah. Right. And so, and so you must prove, you must prove it. You, you have to, you have to show it. Okay. You can't just say it. But you also need both in the kingdom. You need to be able to speak God's words and live by his words. Mm -hmm. So that is the that is always the admonition. We will always show you the balance between those two. And we'll always be truthful with you about the consequences of not. So, again, do you want to be a priest? Well, then you better be offering yourself as a living sacrifice to God, holy and pleasing to him. And then you better be offering him the, the praise and the thankfulness that he deserves. Okay. All right. So now we go into, I am the holy one. I need saints. 
And, um, and this is, this is really exhaustless. This, this, uh, this understanding the great I am as we go into all of these, we'll show you that you can just keep going and going and going. But this one in particularly from Mark one twenty four, read that Robert. What have you to do with us? Jesus of Nazareth, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. That was a um, that was a, uh, a Pharisee speaking, right? Yeah. Well, this was this was uh, a demon speaking. Oh, a demon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And uh, that's the one he cast so, into. Yeah. That's the one he cast into the pigs. That was a really powerful one, right? Yeah, 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 that that was, uh, uh, I think, Legion. Yeah, and uh, they were they were in that man that um, was uh, by the sea, mm-hmm. and at any rate, yeah, when they had gone over and crossed the sea, and they had run into him. What what I like about this is that it just shows the kingdoms. I mean, it, it it's so clear. It shows Satan's kingdom with his demons, and they know exactly who Jesus is, <laughs> yeah. right? They, they know that, that this other kingdom has finally shown up in the person of Jesus, and his holiness and his power is too much for them. And they, they know that they have to answer to him. And they're, they're also wondering, you know, okay, well, is this it? Is it over for us? Are we done in this, mm-hmm. in this story that you're telling? Is it, is it at the end point? And, you know, Jesus, again, he, he did not tell them that this was the end of the ballgame because it wasn't. Um, that end of the ballgame doesn't come till later. But. I have another one in Romans 1, 7. It says, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. You'll see this over and over again, actually, in the beginning of every epistle and usually at the end of the epistle as well. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So holiness, holy and saints, hagios, same word same word again means set apart mm-hmm. set apart yeah and we're not talking about the classic catholic saints right we're not talking about you know saint jonathan and right. saint peter and saint this and saint that it's it's all of us are it's all of us right? called to be saints. yeah yep it's yeah. easy to pass over yep. these passages i did right and you know well i'm not called to be I'm not going to be St. Peter. I'm not going to be St. Bartholomew or I don't even know all the Catholic saints. I'm not Catholic. Sorry, guys. Um, sure. No, no, no offense meant to all of you who are Catholics and know all those guys. Not me. Mm-hmm. Right. But so, but that right. was my, that was my point, right. Was I kind of pass over these passages going, well, I'm not called to be, there's not going to be, there's not going to be a St. Robert sometime after I'm gone, at least as far as I know yet. Um, <laughs> So, and really unlikely since I'm not Catholic. Uh, so, um, so you can't. In God's kingdom, it will be Saint Robert. Yeah, 
and that and that that's it that's what our point is is to know the holy one by being holy you can't know god at the holy one without being holy you can't know him by experience gnosko and so the called to be a saint remember what the word called is robert no uh invited invited okay thank you invited so it's an invitation every time you see the word called it means you're invited right so when you're invited to be holy as i am holy again he's inviting you to know him in that expression and to know him as uh, as that um you become holy and you become set apart for his purposes that's what it means to be a saint you're set apart for his purposes um revelation 11 18 the nation raged but your wrath came and the time for the dead to be judged and for here it is rewarding your servants the prophets and saints and those who fear your name both small and great and for destroying the destroyers on the earth what a great thing it will be um to be rewarded by god in all of these areas is is the point and is the hope and is the calling um here's the big passage the big warning passage robert you got that one sure why not we all know that i love reading paul i'm so good at it um (laughs) (laughs) he's got too many commas it drives me nuts uh that's when I think a sentence is starting to flow. He throws me off. Uh, <laughs> anyway, when, let's see, this is 1 Corinthians 6, 1 through 2, 1 and 2, 5, 9, 10. When one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to the law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Or do you not know, oh, we just, we just read this. Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? I say to this, I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is no one among you wise enough to settle a dispute between brothers? Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So if you want to lose out, right, on the opportunity, if you want to lose out on the invitation to know the great I am and to be invited into his story in, in, you know, teaming up with him, teaming up with his son, and ruling in his kingdom with him, then that's what you'll do, Mm -hmm. is that you will continue to live by your old nature. You will continue to live a life displeasing to God. And so that's why the story, again, that Robert and I always come back to is the Israelites leaving Egypt, and trying to make it to the promised land. And when you fail to continue living and walking in in the victory that God has given you, and living up to his standard, and that is 
that is the ball game that he's given us. It's a ball game of knowing him. It's a ball game of being empowered by him, by his grace and by, and through his spirit and cultivating that in your life where you're walking away from your old life and you're putting distance between who you were and now who you are and are becoming. And that's the best way we can describe it in a race. You're actually leaving the starting gate, right, Robert? Mm -hmm. So when you run a race, you, you have to leave the starting gate and you have to run towards the, um, you know, the finish line. And, and so you're putting distance between where you were and then where you're headed. That's how you measure. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 13. That's how you examine your life. Paul says, examine your life. See that you are still in the faith. So, so in other words, evaluate yourself. Okay. And, and scrutinize yourself, judge yourself before, before the judge judges you and, and keep your life right. Keep going, keep putting distance between your old self and now, you know, keep growing in your new self Um, or you won't be able to inherit. And so that's, that's very important. You know, um, Um, a little practical input on that. John Eldridge did a podcast over the summer and they talked about, it was really interesting that you talked about make looking at your life in sort of larger segments rather than just, you know, hey, am I a better man than I was last week, right? It's pretty hard on yourself to, to you know, am I closer to where God wanted wants me to be than I was yesterday? Um, you know, we, 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 we kind of, we, we get down on ourselves as we grow, try to grow and try to make these changes in our lives and try to, you know, do these things. If we're looking at them like hourly or, or, or daily or even monthly, right? Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, uh, and the the discussion they had, which was really interesting, was am I a better person? Am I a different person than I was a year ago or five years ago? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we've you and I have talked about that. Hey, we've got the Holy Spirit in us. We can become somebody completely different tomorrow. I can stop smoking cold turkey. I can. The Holy Spirit ultimately gives us that that energy or that power to do that when we need to. The reality of life is, is that a lot of these things that we need to do tend to be very difficult to do, especially the big stuff, right? Uh, the really big stuff, you know, um, are you, you know, are you an adulterer? You can stop that tomorrow and you can be, you know, there's no, well, I'm going to wean myself off of adultery, right? <laughs> right. But, right. Um, but, Truly. But some of these things are, are deeper and come with heavier burdens and heavier wounds and things like that. So, you know, the, the idea that whatever, you know, some of these things, smoking's a good one. I, you know, if smoking was right. a sin, you know, can I stop smoking tomorrow? Well, there's an addictive quality to that that needs to be worked through and, and your body actually needs to be weaned off of it and things like that, right? Um, and so, you know, that the whole practical side of this, I guess where I'm going is, 
you know, find that episode on that, that John did with, uh, but, you know, a lot of people I think give up because they can't stop smoking cold Turkey, right? Even with the help of the Holy spirit, they just can't. And they feel like they're failures and they feel like, well, it's just not worth trying if, if I just can't do it, you know, overnight. And that's not true. Right. right? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and yeah, and I, I would just say that, yeah, don't, don't limit God yeah. in, in, in being able to do that for mm -hmm. you. So what Paul would try to convince the church, you know, should I continue in sin that grace may abound? Um, by no means. Don't you know that if you walk in the flesh, you will surely die? Okay. This idea of walk in the spirit and you will live. Okay. So he's, he's trying to convince the church of the power that we have in Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to live lives no longer being a slave, right, to mm -hmm. sin, but now living a life pleasing to God. Um, and what Robert is saying is that, yes, we have that power in strength. Cultivate that every day in your life mm -hmm. so that you can put more distance every day yeah. between your old life of being addicted to something just like you know i mean your 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 body it gets these physical addictions that god can take away he can take away miraculously i've i've heard a million testimonies if i've heard one i've experienced uh several in my own life in things that i was absolutely a slave to that that overnight my fear disappeared my fear of death disappeared and from that day on i did not have a phobia of death any longer and so some things can just completely disappear some things are a cross that you have to bear every day right and so I think that's the side of things that we're that we're going towards. And it repentance is always a call right away, mm -hmm. right away to agree that, yeah, I'm living the wrong life. And Lord, I want to live the life that you've called me to live. And I can. OK, not not I want to, but right. I can. Right. Right. That's so, the I yeah. think that's the big point right, right there. Right. Right. Even if you fall, you still can. Right. Right. Even if I trip, I stumble. There's no part of this where I can't do this with the Holy Spirit. You can do everything. Right. I mean, the 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 apostles went out and, you know, and healed and and um, two of them went out and, and raised somebody from the dead in Acts. Right. I mean, with the right. Holy Spirit, we can do anything. Don't what is it? Don't you know that you can move mountains? Um, 
you know, with this, with the, with me, right. With, with God, all you have to do is ask. Um, well, I'll quote the famous, the famous passage from the FCA fellowship of Christian athletes. You know what it is? You've told me it and I don't, I can't remember it, but you've told me it. I know Philippians, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. Okay. And so again, we have the statement, all things. We don't want to limit God. Don't limit him. When we limit him, we invite Satan to enslave us again. Mm-hmm. And then we make, what do we end up doing? We just make tons of rationalizations and excuses. That's all we do with our life. So, and then he has to bring us to repentance to finally agree with him that no, we don't have to do that. And we're, and we don't have to be slaves any longer. And, and again, he, he brings us back like the prodigal son. And he says, okay, all you got to do, come back come back. I've got all this. I've got all this for you. And victory is victory is here. And so again, don't give up. Don't give up. That that is the the race. Don't stop. Don't give up. If you've stopped, restart. If you've fallen, get back up. There is always an opportunity in Christ that we can get his strength again to persevere. Okay. There might be some things like, like Esau that, that you can't get back. So once you have, yeah, once, once you have crossed a line and in particularly what Robert and I believe are high handed sins. Mm -hmm. Okay. In your life, things that you have no excuse to continue. Okay. Um, if you cross that line, we believe that the consequences are already set, that you will not inherit, okay, uh, the things that you could have. Um, but again, with the high priest who's sympathetic, and especially with unintentional sin and the things that you know were deceived, and the enemy took us captive again, and we need we need to now take that captive and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. All the verses that tell us what we're responsible for, right? We just have to continue doing those things. We can't give up, mm-hmm. and and that is the call. Um, so we hope that that yeah. helps. Yeah, in, a little. You know, your practical daily life. Practical yeah. daily life. It's one of the things we're hoping to give you guys a little bit more of as we do these podcasts now on the, <laughs> on the, on the, on the other side of the trail on the, on the down, it's not the downhill. It's the, but it's the, uh, <laughs> yeah. Lost that and all yeah, completely. Never mind. <laughs> no, it actually, yeah, it's an uphill. Yeah. It's all I uphill, invite. dude. <laughs> it's, it's all uphill. Uh, there's no downhill I, I, side of this thing. <laughs> The uh, uh, the great I am, and we'll end with this. Robert and I okay. will end uh, it, end our podcast uh, vidcast with this one. I am the prophet, and I need prophets. Um, Robert, read Matthew ten forty. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. 
And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. And here, of course, in the church is the call to, to prophesy. So one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we can cultivate in our lives, for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. And the, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints, if anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I am writing to you are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. One more, that, that's, by the way, from 1 Corinthians 14. Um, Revelation eleven eighteen. Robert, you got that? The nations raged, but your wrath came, and the time for the dead to be judged, and for the rewarding of your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Yeah. So, he, you know, th there are some very specific rewards going to the prophets um, to proclaim God's word is what a prophet does so, so he yeah i was gonna say you define prophet. define a prophet yeah because we have so a, a tendency prophet, to say that they're magic ball you know crystal ball fear hmm. what's going to happen in the future you know that's yeah. what prophets that's what we think i don't know let me put that back that's what i thought prophets were right. and i'm probably not the only one and 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 not to um, you know not to detract from that understanding, um, but to add to it is the word prophecy uh, means to foretell and to foretell. So so both foretell and foretell are are number one. Proclaiming God's truth, forth tell. I'm going to proclaim his truth of what he has already said. He has already proclaimed that we are to, okay, fill in the blank. And I'm going to reiterate that. I'm going to proclaim that. So that is what a prophet does. He proclaims the word of God. And then he will for tell that is you know what the holy spirit has told me the holy spirit has has nudged me the holy spirit has filled me and i believe that he has told me that okay someone in this congregation is struggling with Okay, and he will call out a very specific problem. And lo and behold, somebody in the congregation is exactly struggling with that. And the, the, the spirit foretold, okay, somebody what someone else was struggling with so that 
they could deal with it and repent. And then the other aspect of foretelling is something that could happen later in the future. Yeah, I think when we when so, we think about the prophets, we always think about Isaiah and Ezekiel and those mm-hmm. guys, right? But I mean, part of what they were doing was, especially Ezekiel was, he was prophesying about what was happening then. Most of his mm-hmm. book is, you know, was about Babylon and and we're you guys are you know this is going to end badly if we don't if you guys don't wake up and listen right um, right right it wasn't about yeah. hey this is you know going to happen in three hundred years or five hundred years or some unknown point of the future Isaiah I think we go to the same thing right and what we all seem to remember out of Isaiah is all the prophecies that really foretold the Messiah uh, but there was so much more in Isaiah that was just about what was happening then, which was the the the, the fall, if you will, of, of Israel. Yeah, it was always the it was always the immediate call to God's people to repent. So a prophet was always about um, you know Jesus came on the scene. What was what were his first words? Repent. So you you have a prophet telling you to. Um, leave the way that you are um, living and come back to God and follow his way of living. So it's always a prophetic call to agree with God and to live a life that agrees with God. And so that's the whole purpose of a prophet from start to finish. It'll never be different. It'll never be to show off. It'll never be look at look at all the things I know. Okay. If it is, It'll you know be- that's a false prophet, right? I mean, that's really that's, right. that's your first indication that's that right. this is this is not coming from, you know, when they're calling attention to themselves and and you know they're walking around with the "I am a prophet" T-shirt. They're probably not somebody to listen to. <laughs> yeah, that it, that is. It is really interesting to note that the the false prophet was never associated with false miracles. Okay, there there's going to be miracles that false prophets perform all the time. Okay, that that in fact that's what's going to deceive the whole world. Right, uh, right. at the yeah. end. Yeah. So it yeah. Is, it, it, yeah. Go ahead. It's never that. Yeah. It's never the way they look. It's never, you know, their power. It's never their authority uh, on earth. It's always their message. Does it agree with God? Does it agree with his character? Does it agree with what is written? Is it twisted? Is it misused? And, and that's the understanding of, of trying to predict maybe what God would be, would be predicting is going to come. So like the Assyrians are going to come, the Babylonians are going to come, um, and they're going to annihilate you. Okay. So when did those things take place? Well, some, sometimes they took place uh, within a year. Uh, sometimes they took, took place in many years. 
And so it just depends on the story that God chose to tell at the time to the prophet. Jesus, you know, the first prophecy about Jesus was in the garden. How long before the 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 seed of the woman crushed the head of the serpent? Okay. We're, we we have we have that prophecy uh, 4000 years later when Jesus comes as a baby that is partially fulfilled. So that prophecy didn't happen for 4000 years. Mm-hmm. So so again the timing of prophecy is up to God. Um, it could be fulfilled in your lifetime. It could not. And the, the key is, though, does it agree with how God has already revealed who he is? Okay. So, like, is God going to all of a sudden tell you to dishonor your father and mother? Okay. Right. Is he all of a sudden going to tell you to to lie? Is he all of a sudden going to tell you to take up smoking? Is he all of a sudden going to tell you, right? Right. So none of those things match the God of the Bible. And so you can discredit anybody who comes to you and tells you, oh, God says that we have freedom in Christ and we can now do this, 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 and this even though, you know, he told us that we couldn't. So God never changes in his morality. He never changes in his character. Mm -hmm. Um, He may change the way that he does something. He may change uh, uh, how he does something, but he never changes his moral fiber. And so that is where you truly know a prophet. Um, And so we have the big warning in scripture that we'll end with, we'll end with uh, Jeremiah and second Peter. Jeremiah says this, it says, therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, declares the Lord, who steal my words from one another. Behold, I am against the prophets, declares the Lord, who use their tongues and declare declares the Lord, behold, I am against those who prophesy lying, see, dreams. So it's all about lying, declares the Lord, and who tell them and lead my people astray by their lies and their recklessness when I did not send them or charge them. So they do not profit this people at all, declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will surely lift you up and cast you away. From my presence, you and the city that I gave to you and your fathers, I will bring upon you everlasting reproach and perpetual shame, which shall not be forgotten. And then Second Peter two one, you got that? Oh, as soon as you tell your son you're not going to call him, I'm not going to take his call. That's right. That's right. But I've got it right here. Second Peter two one. But false yeah. prophets also rose among the people, just. Also rose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Yeah. So, again, when you are 
wanting to prophesy, when you are wanting to be a prophet of the Lord, um, you must be speaking truth. That is the qualification. You must speak truth. And you, you not only need to speak it, but you need to live it. Mm -hmm. And and both of those were requirements for being a prophet. And, and so it's the same thing as Jesus's high priestly prayer in John 17, when, when he said, um, I want you all to be one in the truth. That you would abide in me because I abide in my father. This idea of being one with God means you have to be in the truth. Remember this great statement. For this reason I was born. For this reason I came into the world. To. So Jesus standing before Pontius Pilate. Quoted this. For this reason I was born. For this reason I came into the world. To bear witness to the truth. Okay. And that statement by the great I am. We cannot get away from truth. God is not a liar. There's only one who came. Who is the father of lies. Mm -hmm. And he came to twist every word of God. And that's the one that we have to expose. Um, and anybody agreeing with him, we have to expose. And so anyways, if you want to be a good prophet, you will always be about the truth of God's word. Um, so next time we'll get into um, uh, a few others just to, um, you know, highlight some other great opportunities that the great I am is inviting all of us into. Yeah, we've still got uh, four or five pages uh, printed out here of uh, of the I am guys. So um, with that, we're going to wrap this one up. So um, I, this is going to have at least three parts at this point, maybe four. We'll see how it goes. Because we appreciate you sticking with us. Um, as always, we would we'd love to interact with you. Uh, post comments, like videos. Um, more than anything, share these videos, uh, whether YouTube links or links to the podcasts. Um, we're also on Rumble if you happen to be over there um, with your friends, your neighbors, uh, people at church, you know, anybody that wants to sort of dig in and, and do real Bible study. We're not, uh, I was explaining to our podcast to somebody new the other day, and I'm like, yeah, we're not an entertainment podcast. We're not, uh, um, uh, neither Keith nor I are the funniest guys on the planet. And, uh, <laughs> <we're> <laughs> and sure. honestly, guys, having a discussion with, having a conversation with Keith usually doesn't go three sentences before it's right back to the race to the kingdom somehow. So, you know, <laughs> uh, so, but this is good stuff. And, and, you know, I was really enthused as we started into this. We're, we're into territory that, that really Keith and I hadn't gone into in my own, uh, Bible study that he and I had been doing, you know, over the last couple of years. So we're kind of in new ground and I don't know. I, I hope you eat this up in the, in the way that, that I kind of eat this up. I really, this is good stuff and I really enjoy learning it. And, you know, that we were blessed. Um, I was personally blessed with, with a friendship with Keith um, that came out of literally nowhere, came out of me asking God for more knowledge. 
and has now turned into something I hope you guys are truly blessed with, which is, you know, access to um, um, what I have come to know and, and believe is a true prophet uh, in today's world um, with the message and the, uh, the content that, uh, that Keith's been given to bring to all of you um, through, this, through this avenue. Um, I count myself lucky. Uh, Ethan, we, I want to say for, from my perspective and, and our five listeners or nine listeners out there, <laughs> That's right. which will be some yeah. larger quantity there. But anyway, I want to say yeah. thank you, my friend. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye. Guys. We'll, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye, Keith. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. All right. See you.